Blog Talk Radio. Services, men, women, police, and fire services, 
men and women on the front line of COVID in the hospitals and Bob's favorite people, the men and women at the supermarkets. Uh, you've kept us, kept us healthy. You kept us fed. We appreciate every single thing you do for us. And we want to dedicate tonight's program to a special group of people. Um, last, uh, this uh, past Thursday was Armed Forces Day. And, of course, the uh, press had nothing to do with it. Uh, there were many men out there, men and women, who served in Vietnam. They came home to a very, very distant uh, uh, welcoming home. There are men and women who were in World War II that came home injured uh, and didn't really receive the medical uh, in, medical problems that they had. Um, we wanted to dedicate this program to those people. Um, if you're a veteran, we appreciate every single thing you do every single day. If you're active, we love you. We'll do anything we can to help you out. Uh, for the Gold Star people, the families, the mothers, and the, the families that have lost a loved one in, in armed forces in conflict, we, we can't say enough how much we appreciate you for everything you do. And for those who now have a blue star in their window because they have an active duty person out there, thank you very much. We appreciate everything that you've done, and you certainly have raised a very nice child to be doing something like this. Well, guys, um, there's the, oh, we got a whole lot of stuff to go over here. Uh, Bob, you want to introduce your uh, your guest? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, and for our fans and stuff, I apologize again. Once again, I'm not on the sailboat, but I'm stuck in traffic. My first taste of California where they shut down the freeways were on side roads. But uh, I happen to be uh, in, in the cab with Jeremy the Juggernaut Hart. Uh, what was your color? 12 and 5 is the pro. He used to fight with us uh, back at Seraphim MMA, and, you know, he fought before I ever met him and stuff as well. But, uh, so he'll be chiming in tonight, too. He recently, with his lovely bride, uh, moved down to Mexico and lives in on a fishing boat and living the dream. And uh, so down in Mexico, he's, he's, he's tuned into all the, the top fights. I guess apparently down there they get all the UFCs and all the fights and all that kind of stuff. Nice. Anyway, so nice. we got Jeremy the Juggernaut with me, and we'll be chiming in from time to time. Thank you, guys. Good, good. Hey, let me ask you something. What happens now with uh, Michael Chandler? Um, he he took a hell of a beating uh, last week. Where where does he go from here? Hard call. Okay, because again, at the top of that division, you know, um, and again, mm-hmm. I got to throw it out to Gage. Gage was getting passed over. They had these, you know, these right. two guys fight for the championship. Everyone thought Chandler would be going on, um, you know, and 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 for the title shot. And now that he takes mm-hmm. that beating, does he go down to rank seven? Is he, uh, you know, I mean, he's going to make some serious choices. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do and how they're going to rank him, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, he's still. Uh, you know, a, 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 an awesome competitor and, um, you know, has has a very good chance of, of, of you know, compete. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it all kind of depends on where Dana's. Mm-hmm. Tony, what's your thoughts? Well, after the show last week, that was the first thing I turned on, and uh, I watched that all the fights, which they were all incredible, but that one in particular – if uh, Chandler could have won that fight, I mean, if he would have just kept on a little bit more in that first round, Oliveri was done. And 
I think that was a great fight. And Oliveri's re- you know, recovery and comeback in the second round to take it was just unbelievable. But I mean, that that's Oliveri. I mean, he's just you know very well yeah. seasoned. And, um, got in my hats off to him. It was a great fight. But Chandler had he kept the heat on there that last or that first round, he very well would have walked out with the belt. You know, we were talking back and forth uh, last week about uh, Nunez's uh, breaking arm being broken. You, you want to expand on that for their, our listeners? Yeah, uh, that was first. Like I said, when I we hung up from the show, I uh, turned it on, and about the first five ten seconds of uh, the, is where I heard the snap, crackle, and pop, and it was just it looked like it was a very painful injury. Um, mm-hmm. As far as I know, I believe that's the first time he's actually submitted ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, it was with a broken arm. It looked like the shoulder of the arm area was just, you know, completely fractured. But it's nasty. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think of that, uh, Bob? Well, I, I didn't get a chance to watch the fights. Who are we talking about right now? Good. Good, John. Muir and Susan. Or Muir, or no, Susan, I'm sorry, Susan. Well, because I know Ferguson got caught in that uh, that heel hook, but I didn't know anybody else got hurt. Yeah. It was one of the undercard uh, before the big fight started. It was the last oh, one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Busted an arm, did they? Oh, yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah, you can hear the actual break on live TV. Oh, wow. Oh, it's hard. I mean... You know, two weeks ago we had the snap of the Tib Fib on, uh, 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 gosh, what's his name? And then now, I mean, and it's hard because, yeah, I mean, the submission moves and stuff that we, you know, that we get put in. It, it okay. So, it, I, again, I didn't see the fights, and I'm kind of wrapping in, uh, you know, what happened with uh, Ryan Hall and uh, um, oh, who broke his. I gosh, I'm brain farting right now. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> but um. You know, with with the with the damage and stuff that we take, so this and then uh, uh, gosh, I don't have anybody's name in front of me right now. I'm just I'm, I'm just brain fart. We're in traffic, but uh, and then um, they got uh, Tony Ferguson got caught, caught in that heel hook. The problem is, like boxers, in my opinion, they're going to take ninety percent of their shots to the head. Okay, and so they they run mm-hmm. the risk uh, over a longevity of time to, to become punch drunk or come up with some brain injuries and stuff. And that's super unfortunate. You know, but mm-hmm. but then also in the MMA, the MMA you got guys, you know, yeah, they oh, so it was Chris Weidman, sorry, uh, that broke his leg a, a couple of weeks back. So, um, but you know, you, you've got um, the submission moves that people don't necessarily understand that don't do it. So if you know, a lot of times you know with with the coverage we have on 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 the UFC and stuff and Bellator and all that stuff, you've got good camera angles. But when you're sitting cage side, a lot of times it just looks like you know two cub bears fight, fighting over a, a cup of honey. You know you don't even know what's happening, right? But there's a lot of there's a lot of intricate details that are happening in there and how people move. It's like when Toby Ferguson got caught in that heel hook. I want to you know the heel hook it, because. It's the pain in the heel hook because they're they're hooking your heel and they're turning their body and it's basically their entire body weight twisting from your tib fib to your femur and by the time you feel pain it has already snapped the tendons and ligaments okay and that's the hard part about that move 
Now, with, with the arm bars and stuff, same thing. Like, Jeremy sitting next to me, he's been putting an arm bar where they hyperextended his elbow, and we thought the fight was over, and he, he ended up fighting out of it. You know, so it really depends on the, the opponent, the athlete, um, and, 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 you know, their, their tensile flexibility, I guess, to their, to their joints and tendons. Because when you, when you catch these, these arm bars and heel hooks and stuff like that, you are going to shatter that joint. You're going to shatter everything that comes in, all the muscles, all the tendons, all the attachments. It might not be a loud snap, but then also, toe, if you get an arm bar, you're going after the elbow, you know, because that's the easiest uh, place to get. But if you go high on that, you can snap their, their, their uh, humerus in their arm or, you know, you, it, it's not a problem to, when you put the force of your hips against uh, uh, the strength of a bone to be able to snap that in half. And then uh, Jacare's humerus get snapped, uh, Bob. Was it was it Jacare's humerus that got snapped? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Exactly. Was, yeah, I think it was. His, or, or, and, and I don't know the bone like the body like that, the anatomy, but um, the, that bone in his arm got snapped, and I think it was his, his humerus. When you said that, I was like, oh shit, is he talking about Jacare too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what got brought up earlier, and it's just it's just nasty, you know what I mean? Um, and and again, at that age and stuff, you're you're you 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 very well might not be able to come back from that. You know, we're not know if we're going to mm-hmm. see Weidman back. You know, Anderson tried to come back. I mean, when you snap these big bones in MMA, especially you know at Jockler's age, it's just it's just it could be career ending. Oh, you know. But, uh, Ty, you want to talk about uh, Amanda Nunez and uh, um, Sosa fight? I'm sorry, sir. You, do you have anything on uh, uh, Amanda uh, Nunez and uh, Sosa? Well, yeah, she has a defense coming up, and uh, I mean, Amanda's you know she's universally regarded right now as the goat of, of, of women's MMA, and she's going to be a solid favorite. Over anybody she faces, uh, the only time the odds are going to get a little closer is if she's facing Valentina Shevchenko. And even then, Amanda would still be a, a you know a moderate favorite because she's the bigger Amen. gal. Um, her technique is phenomenal. But the other thing too is, is not only is her technique phenomenal, but kind of like Cyborg, who's also gotten better with her type technique. Those two women possess a level of physicality that, that mm-hmm. you know, a lot of women just cannot match. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and that's really, like, I saw Amanda fight GDR. You know, I'm a big GDR fan, Jermaine Deronomy. And Deronomy was, was hurting her on the feet. Uh, and Amanda just grabbed hold of her and held her down the rest of the fight. You know, she's just, mm-hmm. just a strength and a physicality type of, uh, you know, advantage that I think a lot of, you know, shocks a lot of the other female competitors. Amanda's only mm-hmm. issues coming up as she was rising up was her gas tank. She would come out, she would dominate the first two rounds, and she would, you know, essentially run out of gas. That's how Shevchenko almost beat her the first time, and that's how Kat Zingano TKO'd her. Uh, she ran out mm-hmm. of gas. Once she got her mm-hmm. gas tank issues fixed, then, I mean, she's just kind of a tank uh, and a very technical tank at that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Bob, you were watching the, um, the uh, USC last night, right? I mean, the Bellator. No, Bellator. Yeah, we were yeah. watching the Bellator prelims. We didn't get to ca- talk uh, Tank or Cat Zingano, or, or I mean, sorry, uh, uh, Cyborg 
at the end, but um, what we were talking off air, you know, the fact that she's got to go into the fifth round to get the TKO anymore is just showing her age. She's still a great competitor. And I'm glad Ty's on, you know, because we were just, me and Jeremy were just talking about that today. We were talking with uh, Frank Alvarez that, that, you know, to see Nunez maybe go against Shevchenko would be amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, uh, they've done that, and, uh, you know, the gas tanks of Nunez. But anymore, Nunez, I don't think anybody can go at her. You know, I mean, she took out Cyborg. She, you know, um, all of that. And so Cyborg's over there, you know, talking about being the GOAT for Bellator, and she, she deserves that. You know, I mean, she's, she's paid her dues. You know, she's over there, and she beat that girl last night. And, uh, you know, she's she proven herself, but she's only lost to, what, Nunez and uh, can't remember, only, only two people. She's only lost but She lost a pro debut. And uh-huh. then she's only lost to Nunez. Yeah, to Nunez. Yeah, so Zingano, I mean, uh, sorry, I keep saying Zingano. She's on my mind, too, because she's right up in there. But uh, Cyborg, um, you know, she, she can go off as, as, I don't know if she'll be the GOAT, but, you know, she'll be one of the best fighter, female fighters, at, at, at all time at that weight, you know. Yeah, Cyborg um, is going to be on the Mount. She's going to be on the female Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> and to win with nine seconds left, you know. I mean, that's that's what's cool yeah. about the MMA. You know, where you you yeah. put in all your effort. It's like I don't know. It was about a month back we were talking about that, and some guy ended up getting a submission with like two seconds left. It, it's cool because you know you don't have to leave that to the judges. You can go right up to the very end. You get that striker's chance or that sub, and uh, boom. You know, that, that's awesome. But you know, um, yeah, I, I completely agree that that uh, Cyborg is one of the toughest chicks out there. But Nunes over in the UFC is bringing a whole different game. And no one's really at her level. I'm not worried about anybody going after her right now. And like you said, Cyborg is 35, right? But she still looks phenomenal. But to me, she has slowed a step in the last five years, right? Just a half a step maybe. Um, Nunez is also still in her prime. And I think what I saw with Cyborg too is um, even more than just slowing a step, what I saw with her is I saw a girl who, who learned she can't walk through everybody. And that's what Amanda yeah. Nunez taught her. I remember before that fight, when, you know, Amanda Nunez, you know, they were having a press conference, and Cyborg said to her, well, she likes to bring the pressure, but I am the pressure. And what's she going to do when she hits me with her punches? I walk through her punches. And I'm always skeptical when a fighter talks about, before the fight, how well they can take the other, the other person's shot. Because, yeah. like, that shouldn't be part of your strategy to me. And <laughs> what happened was, when Cyborg got caught, she hit Nunez, Nunez hit her back, and she went berserker. She went Vanderlei Silva, and she got caught wide open. And I think at that moment she learned, you know what, I've learned the technical game. I've been sparring with Clarissa Shields. Let me start to be a little bit more refined and patient in my technique. And I thought we saw that last night. At the same time, I don't think she's quite as explosive as she used to be. No, but age is going to get you. I mean, me and Jeremy were yep. talking about that last night and stuff too. Is is you know we both fought some of the same guys you know in our career and and wow. you know my last fight uh, that I was out there was a guy that he had fought and I got knocked out and there's no you know at at 42 uh, when I got knocked out I wouldn't have got knocked out by that at 35. You know what I mean? It's just it, it's a it's like the, the Chuck Liddell story. It's like all of us you know. After you take so many shots, 
you, you just you're a Toby Keith song, man. You ain't what you were. Hey, hey Bob, or, let me ask you this: Would you have not gotten knocked out by that shot because of the durability, or you would have been able to react a split second quicker? Like, what? Why would you have not gotten that, knocked that out was, by that shot? Exactly. We're split. We're splitting hairs. You know what I mean? Because again, okay. you do get slower as you're getting older. You know what I mean? But then again, I hadn't took so many shots uh-huh. at 35. Right. You know, and after you take so many, you know. Uh, uh, you know, TKOs or KOs, you know what I mean? Uh, it just seems to get easier over time, and that's unfortunate. It's the same thing as people bringing up or building up scar tissue in their face, you know, your, your, uh, uh, all, all their fighters and stuff that cut real easy, the Diaz's, you know, um, all that stuff. Like, they, they could continue. Uh, Vanderlei Silva, uh, who's uh, uh-huh. uh, Forrest Griffin, you know, all people that could have continued longer in their career if they – wouldn't have kept getting fights stopped by blood, you know, or cuts. Right, and, right. And, and it, that stuff just builds on you over time. I mean, the, the, the leading killer of men over 40 is our ego because we still think <laughs> that we can do what we did at 20, you know, and right, it's just right, not right. happening. Okay. Hey, uh, let's see. Uh, Tony, uh, Jose Sabata is going to get against Philadelphia Hank Lundy uh, next week. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one? Oh, that's that's next week. That is yeah. Nice. That's nice. Yeah. 20. Yeah. Now he just my memory serves me correct. Uh, he fought Ramirez recently and won or lost by decision, I believe. A and, very close uh, fight, Lundy. Tony. Very close fight. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then Lundy. Then Terrence Terrence Crawford tore him up, I believe. I believe of yep, Sparrow as well. And I don't think he's fought what since then, right? He's had a couple fights. He he just actually he's coming off of an eight round decision victory over uh I believe it was eight round decision victory over, you know, a a journeyman type opponent. Um I think Zapita probably could have fought a little bit better. Here recently, and um, and as far as Lundy, I think he might have a chance at it. I, I think if I if I had to pick right now, I'd probably lean towards Zapita. But I think Lundy, I think Lundy hits harder and has a little bit more accuracy from what I was watching. And um, I'd probably, uh, I think he, I would I wouldn't put him out. I think he had definitely have a chance at it. I think you know, I think Lundy's a, l- a little Lundy's a little older now. Um, Zapata, the reason why I'm kind of a little high on Zapata, Zapata's got two losses. One of those losses, he pushed Jose Ramirez, who's fighting a unification, undisputed unification fight in the same weight class tonight against Josh Taylor. Jose Zapata pushed him to the limit and actually kind of faded a little bit and lost a very close to some debatable decision. I thought he lost cleanly, but it was very close. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you guys remember this, but Jose Cepeda had arguably the knockout of the year. He fought Ivan Baranchek, and mm-hmm. there were four knockdowns in the fight. Jose Cepeda was dropped two or three times. And you know what? He was never really buzzed, but it was just the force of Baranchek's punches that were just putting him down. And he caught Baranchek coming in. He caught him with a straight left, and Baranchek's body just collapsed. It spun and collapsed. And it, it was... It, it went viral, the knockout. 
Um, and Cepeda, Cepeda's fresh. You know, Cepeda's kind of in his prime. I favor Cepeda big. I don't know if he'll stop Lundy uh, because Lundy is pretty durable and he's experienced. But uh, I don't think Lundy wins the fight. I don't think it'll be supremely competitive. It'll be competitive in spots because Lundy's a dog, but he's a little long in the tooth. That, that's kind of my, my thoughts on that fight. But it's an interesting, entertaining fight to watch, I believe. Lundy's always entertaining. Yeah. Hey, uh, Ty, um, one of your uh, one of your former favorites is uh, is that coming back into the ring uh, next week too, and that's uh, Nadine Benair. Which one? Oh, that's right, Nanito's fighting a Wale. Yeah. Uh, good fight. I actually, uh, you know what? I, I don't know who the smart money's on. I lean very, ever so slightly towards Denaire. Um, mm-hmm. He proved that, you know, it depends how he looks after that Inouye fight, uh, but he pushed mm-hmm. Inouye tough. No, I mean, everyone thought Inouye was going to destroy him. They thought the monster was going to sh- destroy Denaire. And Denaire ran him tough. I mean, it had Inouye in some serious trouble. I actually fractured him, broke Inouye's orbital bone. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, Denaire really showed at that point he had a lot left in the tank. Now, I don't know what that fight has taken out of him. If he can bring a similar form to the ring, then I, I kind of give him the edge. But uh, at Denaire's age and with the, you know, kind of like Bob was saying, with the accumulated punishment he's taken, um, at this stage, you kind of never know when a guy like that is going to kind of fall off the cliff and not just be able to summon the reserves that he uh, still was able to summon against, uh, you know, Inouye. So, very interesting fight, but I lean slightly towards Denaire at this point. Now, hey, Bob, I have a very, very important question for you. Um, do you go to the base and use the PX? Uh, is this a trick question? Yes. Okay, so when you're when you're there, can you walk by the meat department just to make sure that they have fresh crow, just in case you know what happens on this program? Right. Oh yeah, I can stock up on the crow for every time we go back for the crow pie. Yeah, yeah. Now, I got a special Costco membership for crow. I tell you one thing I love about combat sports is I never mind being wrong. Yeah, there you go. That, that, that's it's kind like, of why we do this radio show, right? Because you right. never well, like know. I tell my wife, Two my guys wife is with the eternal fist. optimist. Oh, go yeah, ahead. Anything could happen. Yeah, I tell my wife she's the eternal. She's the eternal optimist, and you know, fighting's like you know, I'm a pessimist. You know what I mean? Or she calls me a pessimist, and the you know, the thing is, because it can always change. But I'm thinking the best part about being a pessimist is I'm either always right or pleasantly surprised, just like combat. <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? That's fighting. That's fighting for you, sir. That is fighting <laughs> yeah. for you. Hey, Ty, what do you think of the Terrence uh, Crawford Josilito uh, Lopez uh, fight coming up? You know what? Terrence Crawford, so he's got to be pretty pissed, right? Because I don't know if you guys have talked about this, but you know Errol Spence landed the Manny Pacquiao fight. That has been signed right. and announced. Uh, not right. only has it been announced in the media, but Pacquiao even announced it on his Twitter. So, you know, that fight was being negotiated for Terrence Crawford, and negotiations fell mm-hmm. through. Uh, mm-hmm. So... You know, he's obviously Josecito Lopez is game and gritty, but Terrence Crawford should go ahead and stop him in the middle rounds, point blank. Mm-hmm. Different levels mm-hmm. of talent and skills. 
But with that being said, how can we not talk about Terrence Crawford in the fact that we're looking at the guy who is universally considered the number one pound for pound guy in the sport? Mm-hmm. And to this point, he still hasn't had a really career defining fight. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a shame. And, and again, Errol Spence needed the Pacquiao fight a little less than Terrence Crawford because he's been fighting the Sean Porters and the Danny Garcias. On his side of the street, he has that level of competition. Terrence Crawford's mm-hmm. been fighting Jose Zito Lopez level guys. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's funny because you kind of have to feel for Terrence Crawford because he's looking for that career defining or legacy enhancing fight. And uh, it, mm-hmm. I mean, it went to the guy he, he should be fighting in Errol Spence. So, uh, mm-hmm. but as far as Jose Zito Lopez, he's a gritty guy. Um, no one's going to be excited about that fight. Terrence Crawford's going to be a wide favorite and he should go in there and take care of business. And, you know, again, one of the reasons why he is considered the pound for pound number one guy is based on his eye test. Everyone can Mm -hmm. see how good the guy is. He just hasn't been in the ring with a guy who can push him. And Jose Zito Lopez, although gritty in quality, is not the guy who's going to push Terrence Crawford. Right. Tony, what do you think? GC's the man. I'll tell you, there's no way he's going to lose that fight. But I, I'd like to know everybody's opinion, though, on this Errol Spence and Pacquiao, what everyone thinks on that one. That... Well, being the fact that uh, Pacquiao's name is mentioned on this program for the last 15 years, every program, I have to go with Pacquiao. Jesus, yes. <laughs> I, I'm a Spence guy, personally. I just, it'll be a good fight, that's for damn sure. Juan Manuel Marquez, and and this is what made doing the show so interesting during the Pacquiao years, right? Juan Manuel Marquez was my favorite boxer over the last 20 or 30 years, Um, probably Mm -hmm. since, you know, the Sugar Ray Leonard's and stuff. Like, as an adult, Juan Manuel Marquez was my favorite boxer. So watching him stink Pacquiao and then being able to come on the show and talk about it was a highlight of my life, actually, my whole entire life, a highlight um, That's awesome. With that said, I love Pacquiao. I love him mm-hmm. because he came back from that. And mm-hmm. not only did he come back from that and have some spectacular victories in its immediate aftermath, but he's mm-hmm. still going strong, came back off a layoff, and he beat Keith Thurman. So now he's coming off right. a layoff, and he's fighting Errol Spence. Errol Spence is a completely different animal and monster than Keith Thurman. Uh, but mm-hmm. let me tell you what. Pacquiao, after Errol Spence fought Danny Garcia. Now, again, Errol Spence. He was in a horrific car accident. Danny mm-hmm. Garcia was his first fight after that horrific car accident. But accidents like that, specifically for athletes, can kind of change you subtly forever. Regardless mm-hmm. of what I'm saying, after the fight with Danny Garcia, Pacquiao, who at the point never spoke of Errol Spence, all of a sudden came out and said, he looks a little slow for me. He looks a little slow for me. I think he's a mm-hmm. little slow. I think I can beat him. Mm-hmm. When Pacquiao said that, it reminded me of Sugar Ray Leonard watching the John Mugabe marvelous Hag- uh, Marvin Hagler fight. After that mm-hmm. fight, watching that fight ringside, Ray Leonard said, you know what? I think I could beat that guy. I think I could beat the way that, that guy the way he is today. And Pacquiao seems to me like he had that same kind of belief. I think I could beat that guy the way he is today. I think I could beat Errol mm-hmm. Spence. So you cannot count Pacquiao out. Errol Spence is going to go in as the favorite. 
I'm not a betting man, but I would definitely bet the dog in this fight because I can't count Pacquiao out. Wouldn't be surprised if Errol Spence won. I couldn't predict it just yet. Um, I, right now, I guess I would lean towards Errol Spence because of his length and activity. Um, but, I mean, he, 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 he gets caught. Like, he takes shots. Keith Thurman is a much more defensively conscious fighter, not because Errol Spence is not defensively conscious, but it's because Errol Spence all, always is trying to bring the fight downhill, and he's really letting a lot of punches go, which puts him more in the danger zone. Pacquiao, mm-hmm. if Pacquiao still kind of has what he had against Keith Thurman, it's going to be an interesting fight. But the Pacquiao that fought Keith Thurman, to me, would lose to Errol Spence, which is mm-hmm. why right now I lean towards Errol Spence. But you can't discount Pacquiao out. If he does this, he's all of a sudden you're going to be talking about him right up there with Sugar Ray Robinson. Seriously, if he were to go ahead and beat Errol Spence, that's how people are going to start talking about this guy. Good, good. Um, the, in case anybody was looking uh, on ESPN, they've got uh, live boxing uh, tonight, um, and uh, Timothy Bradley is uh, one of the commentators. Uh, it's the uh, Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor fight uh, uh, coming up. Um, so they yeah, you some, know that's uh, for all the marbles at 140. The, uh, both guys yeah. are coming to the ring with two titles each. So we have an undisputed 140-pound title fight with both competitors being undefeated. You don't get that much. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about tonight's fight. Yeah. Hey, Bob. And over in the UFC, on? we have Cody Garbrandt against Rob Fox. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that UFC fight tonight. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bob, what's your Bob. thoughts on uh, Tony Ferguson and uh, Gravel? Yeah, last week, you know, that mm-hmm. that was amazing. And, and I hope Tony gets another shot after this loss. You know what I mean? Because he's right up there and, and you know, yeah, uh, Jeremy said he's like 3-0 and or 0-3 oh, oh in the last three events. But um, he, he, I hope he gets another shot. He's one of the guys that we used to tune in for headline and stuff. And it's just, it's kind of sad for me seeing all these older guys getting cut. And so he might be on the chopping block. But the fact that he was in that, that, heel hook and didn't tap oh. and you, and you oh. if you watch the slow-mo the grimacing in his face you uh-huh. know that that looks just yeah i mean it's there's got to be damage there so he might though he he continued i don't i don't know how much longer he's got you know mm-hmm. um hey bob do you yeah. remember the fight before when he fought charles Oliveira before at the end of the second round, Charles Oliveira had him fully extended in the arm bar, and he didn't yeah. tap. And he didn't tap. You know, and there's there's a fine line, a hair's width between crazy and stupid, you, you know. And I like to flirt with it, but come on, you you got to – I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, again, that's coming down to the textile strength of, of that individual's tendons and ligaments because I would have just broken half. I, I you know – I know my body at this point. I've had the surgeries, you know, and some people are that bendy and then come back from that. I, man, oh man, that stuff hurts. Well, you saw, you saw Jacare, just like Noguera, he'd rather get his arm snapped than tapped. Yeah. Well, okay, so when I, when I went out and fought in Brazil, now, again, you know how I offend everybody on this show, so I don't pick favorites, and the Brazilians got this sneer, you know what I mean? They, they talk with this sneer, and I was over in Brazil, and, and the, the Brazilians will straight look you in the 
said, no, you can break my bones, but you can't break my spirit. I'm like, Jesus, like that. it's a sport, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm not getting paid yes. enough, you know, for you to be busting me up like that. You, you know what I mean? You, you're putting a little too much pride on this. I mean, I get it. If, if, if I'm defending my kids, I'll go the extra. Well, I don't know. My kids aren't that good. But, you know, if I was defending somebody else's kids, <laughs> if I was defending somebody else's kids, you know, I'd go that extra mile, you know. Um, but, uh, 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 you know what I mean? It's just, but when you come down to it, it just comes diff- different where, where you're coming from, man, and, and how far you're going to willing to go for that loss. I mean, that was one of my things, and not the brightest brightest fighter, but, like, you, you had to break my spirit to get me to quit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why I had made the joke. I had a Roman nose. It roamed all over my face. You could put it anywhere, man. Yeah. I ain't stopping. You know, they could, they could fix that. Yeah, it's like uh, one time Chris was talking about uh, uh, Tex Cobb having a chip nose. What's the chip news? He says when they try to open him up, put it back together, it looks like a bag of chips. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, he said the doctor told Tex that. Yeah. I remember that. He said the doc, the, the doctor actually told Tex that. <laughs> what the hell am I supposed to do with this? He said. <laughs> but but you know, think about it. Like right, Billy Joe Saunders got his orbital bone broken. And he mm-hmm. went to the corner, said, I can't see, mm-hmm. knowing they would stop the fight, right? He was cool with them stopping the fight. Paulie Malignaggi, mm-hmm. Antonio Margarito fought with broken orbital bones. Like, wow. Margarito did it against Pacquiao, got his orbital bone broken, and kept fighting. And, yeah. and Paulie Malignaggi did it against M- Miguel uh, Cotto, got his orbital bone broken, and kept fighting. So, mm-hmm. you know, people are different. People, like, Jacare got his arm snapped. But he didn't tap, mm. and he'll and he'll probably tell you that. But I didn't tap. But okay, now now you're out of the UFC. They've released you. Um, I mean, you know, it's just it, 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 people are different. Simple as that. People are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this. Miguel Cotto and Antonio Margarito were in the face-off. Remember HBO used to have the face-off before the big fights. And sure. Jim Lampley said to him, it was Jim Lampley or Max Kellerman said to him, Margarito Antonio uh, Cotto uh, has criticized you because he says you're not willing to die in the ring. And Margarito said, I'm willing to die in the ring. And Cotto said, well, then you're stupid. <laughs> so, you know, so I get it either way, right? You know, said, well, then you're stupid. Yeah, well, Having said that, Ty, like uh, one of my one of the guys I looked up to was uh, Marco Huas, right? And you know he fought yeah. my coach. They uh, uh, King of the Smith. Streets, right, Bob? King of the Streets, yeah, King of the Streets, baby. He'd never tell you his yeah, age. Yeah, I too. loved him. You know, he, you know you, you look up on his stats at UFC age? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I run into him at the K1 in Vegas, and and he saw my fight over in in the Valley Tudor. And and it was my first loss actually at that point in my career, but we went 30 minutes. Yeah. It was a bloodbath, and I got more wow. credit for that loss from the Brazilians than any one of my wins. You, you know what I mean? How about it that? was it was it was a show of spirit. It was a show of you know what I mean? Craziness. Mm-hmm. But then uh, off off topic. Last week, Bellator. What's that dude's name? That Michael Venna Page, did you see him karate kick that dude in the nose? And, and Holy oh, yeah. Goes up. yeah. And then he keeps yeah. fighting. Like, he shattered oh the brick in his nose. 
with a snap Yo, kick. Dude was tough. That kid was <laughs> tough. He first of all, he tried to. He barely went down. He braced himself, but he had, yeah. he actually went to a knee. But then he got up and still kept coming forward. I was like mad impressed with that kid's toughness because he got hit yeah. with a baseball bat in his face. Right mm-hmm. in his face, and his, the little tip of his nose turned up. He looked like a little piggy. Yeah, it was so cute. But, man, what a tough guy. Yeah, that was badass. And you heard the shot. That, that's the thing. Oh, you heard crack. Like, you heard yeah. it. It was horrible. And dude just got up. He, first of all, he barely went down. He, he was never, like, out of it. He just, the force of the shot knocked him down. He got up and came forward. No, but he came forward with a completely flat nose. Yeah, and I know from experience he was not breathing well from that point on. I mean, because when your mouth's breathing the rest of the fight, that's an easy KO, too, because your mouth's open, you know. So uh, it, it's rough when you can't breathe through your nose for the rest of the fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you just brought up uh, uh, B.J. Saunders, and uh, uh, I guess his uh, manager says that uh, from now on he's going to retire. Uh, does anybody know anything different than that? The, the last I read uh, is, is his, his manager did say um, it would be very difficult for BJ mm-hmm. to come back from this mentally. And that kind yeah. of bothered me more than hearing physically because mentally means that he, he's kind of broken. He, he's mm-hmm. done. He, and BJ mm-hmm. kind of had that, and I'm sure Tony could speak to this too, right? Um I was always a, a huge fan of BJ's skills, as was Dr. Chris, and, and Tony was, you know, Tony is too. Um, but when you see someone perform so inconsistently, it shows their love for the aspects of the sport outside of performing in the ring, i.e., the training, the discipline. BJ was a guy who blew up between, you know, between camps. He was a guy who didn't live the fighter's lifestyle when he wasn't outside of camp. So a guy like that. It, it might be a little harder for him to come back. First of all, he got—he just got paid the biggest check he's ever got paid in his life. So, mm-hmm. and, and he's accomplished a lot. He's, a, you know, a two-time champion. So mm-hmm. again, like I said, Tony probably could speak to this too because he's a fan of Billy J. But uh, BJ, mm-hmm. but uh, a guy like that—I mean, it, it could very well be the case. Mm-hmm. I know somebody either his camp sent out or he sent out something on Instagram saying he was going to be back. But then I did see something else that he may be taking the money and running at this point, which I don't think he's going to want to ever fight Canelo again after that. But oh, no. I, I hate to see him done. I've always loved the guy, but I, I think his days might be up. Mm-hmm. You know what? Here's the thing, too, right, Tony? Like, Billy still can draw and make some really good money in a few domestic showdowns. Like, he could make really good money over in the U.K. with Chris Eubank. He could make really good money in the UK with Callum Smith. So, like, there's like he could really make some good domestic money, uh, but it's just a matter, of, you know, kind of like Tony was saying, it's really a matter of his motivation. Did he want to take that check and run, or does he kind of still want to do it? Hopefully, he'll take those fights over there and kind of build back up. Maybe that'll give him a little motivation to come back and you know try some bigger fights, but. I think Canelo at this point, which I would love to see that one over again, but I, I don't think that'll ever happen. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tony, last week you were talking about uh, Vasily Lomachenko, and, and uh, all of a sudden he pops up with a new fight uh, with uh, a Japanese guy, Masashito uh, Nakitani. 
Nakatani. Nakatani. Yeah. yeah. All right, what's, what's your thoughts on that, everybody? Isn't that where Bruce Jones jumped out of the tower? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so Nakatani, Nakatani for a while was most remembered for being the guy that gave Tiafimo Lopez his toughest fight. He fought Tiafimo Lopez, you know, right before Lopez went ahead and fought Vasily Lomachenko. And a lot of people thought, you know, you know that Nakatani kind of exposed Lopez. Nakatani lost the fight. He lost it cleanly, but he gave he gave Lopez fits. And part of the reason why he gave Lopez fits is because he's a long guy. He's very tall for the weight, very rangy, and he's very busy, got a good engine. Lopez is just more skilled, more talented, more explosive. He was able to win the fight. But it was a tough fight. It was a close fight. Nakatani then went and fought the former Golden Boy, who's now actually under arrest for a potential murder, Felix Verdejo. I don't know if you guys talked about that. Yeah, Verdejo is in Puerto Rico uh, put, you know, in custody for potentially killing uh, a mistress who was supposedly pregnant. And he was married, so he killed her supposedly. So, uh, but Verdejo's, uh, I think maybe Verdejo's last fight was against Nakatani. Verdejo was mm-hmm. a blue chip prospect. Actually, Vasily Lomachenko has said Verdejo was one of his toughest fights in the amateurs. And so Verdejo was his blue chip prospect for top rank, never quite panned out, uh, lost the match um, decision. But then he came back and he fought Nakatani had Nakatani down twice, but Nakatani knocked him out. And now Nakatani's fighting Vasily Lomachenko on his comeback. So Nakatani's a real guy. You know what I mean? He may not be well-known, but he is a real guy. Uh, and if Vasily Lomachenko is healthy and, and if he's the Vasily we know, then, I mean, he's he's a magician, right? He's going to dance circles mm-hmm. around Nakatani. Nakatani's length might cause him a little bit of pause, but once he reads Nakatani's patterns and rhythms, he should go ahead and, and, and kind of dominate that fight because of the lack of speed and reaction time that Nakatani possesses. But at the same point, Nakatani's a real guy. He throws punches. He's long, and he has good pop. And uh, if Vasily Lomachenko is less than himself, it could be a much tougher fight than people are recognizing. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bob, uh, what about uh, Edison Barbosa uh, knocking out uh, Shane Burgos? You want to take that, Tom? That was what they say. Uh, what's the old saying? Uh, the lights are on, but nobody's home. That okay. was freaky, wasn't it, Tony? Oh my God, that was. I hadn't seen anything like that before. Right. And they took that. Took a hard shot, and still standing there, looking like he was focused and. Honest to God, my first thought was he was having a seizure when he started backpedaling and dropped. It looked like he started shaking, but he was just—he was out. The lights were on and nobody was home. Hmm. Yeah, Ty. No, Tony's right. Right, that was kind of scary for a second. Um, mm-hmm. So we see delayed reactions, specifically with liver shots. Right, you see a guy get punched in the liver. And he'll go to make a move, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, when he drops to a knee. I've never seen that kind of delayed reaction that long with a headshot. Yeah. He got punched in his head, and his body still responded as though he took the shot well, 
and was ready. It looked like, honestly, he was thinking about, all right, do I want to jab? Do I want to cut this angle? And all of a sudden, it's like his body said to his brain, hey, dude, you know, we're really not here anymore. And his brain was like, yeah, you're right. And that was it. Yeah, he was done. Oh, my God, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, you can hey, tell like that. You see the stars and stuff. You know, you kind of—it's a quick little blackout. You maybe see some lights or some colors. You're like, oh, friendly, and then and then you're back in the game. And this is this is why I argue with all my students and stuff. It comes down—you better have a good footwork. You know what I mean? You see people go out on their feet and they keep standing up. It's because their feet have not crossed ten thousand times. You know what I mean? They know how to stand. Right. And he kept standing up, but you know, usually after that little that little half a second delay. Uh, you see those stars, you can kind of regain consciousness, and, and you're back in the game. But, you know, he, man, what he got was a busy signal. Boo-boo-doo, you like to make a call, please. <laughs> 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 That's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? It's funny because I, I was with Zito earlier today, just a little earlier. And uh, Zito had Cedar fight, and I showed it to him. And I was like, you know, we I watch scraps every weekend, right? I don't care if it's boxing or MMA. I love scraps, and I watch them. And in all my years of watching scraps, I had that that again. You all, I've never seen that, which is again why I kind of love the sport. I just I was I was scared for a second for the guy, because like Tony said, I was like, is he having a seizure? Like, what the hell it, just happened? Yeah, once he was okay, I was cool, and I enjoyed the fact that I was able to watch it. So, Yeah, his eyes, hey, though, you can tell after that shot, his eyes weren't right. You know, he wasn't home, you know, the whole yeah, time. I, I mean, his body, his body was doing the right thing. I mean, and, again, that separates the pros from the Amis. I mean, you've, you've done that. 10,000 times you repetitively your body knows how to where to go in a crisis you know what I mean and but he mm-hmm. was just man there was not making a connection there it was literally <laughs> like his brain knocked on the door and looked at his body and said dude you know we left right and his body was like oh shit all right time to go you know what I mean it was so weird to me freak it was so like surreal is probably the word I would use. It was just fucking freaky. I'm sorry. Yeah, around, what, what do we do next, boss? And like the boss is gone. He's just gone. Out. Yep. 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 Hey, uh, Ty, let me ask you a question. Well, let me ask Bob. Let me ask you one first before we go over there. Um, Dana White saying that uh, it may be time for Tony Ferguson to hang it up. Uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean. I don't want, again, this is where I, I got that hiccup. You know, Donald Cerrone, Tony Ferguson, all those guys, mm-hmm. you know, these are guys that are our headliners back in the day. But, you know, as a fighter spirit, we all want to continue. So you kind of need that manager, that someone to pull the cord. And Tony, I think, is done. You know, he's, he's, he's lost his last three. He's, he's, his tensile strength on, a, on, his, on his elbows and his knees can't hold up, man. I mean, he's got to, he's got to, mm-hmm. You know, you can still coach, you know, unless unless he gets to go fight Jake Paul or John Paul or whoever that guy is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then, but, yeah, I mean, Ferguson, I mean, I would like to see him get a, another shot. Um, but, you know, and Jeremy's over here disagreeing. What's your thought? Uh, I kind of disagree with that. I think, you know, he's had a bad run, you know, lost three fights. But look at Charles Oliveira. Uh, you know, the guy went from – beginning of his career in the UFC, 
he went in, I'm, I'm not sure the exact numbers, but I know he was running about 60%. And then all of a sudden, 2018 or 19 to 21, the guy went 9-0, and and now he's champion. Yep. You know, so every dog has his day. You know, you don't know what's going on in his personal life. And it just might take a little something to push him to get back to that next level of competition. But I don't think him losing the three is a reason for him to be done. I think it's a reason for him to really look at if he wants to keep going on, then he needs to train that level still and take the next step. You know, like you can, you can only be so good, but once you get beat, you got to get better. Mm -hmm. You know what? I kind of agree with Jeremy, right? Like I think personally, I think Justin Gaethje, Mark, the end of, of Tony Ferguson, Al Kakui at that top level that we all got used to. Like, this is a guy who he, his takedown defense was never great, but he was so, like, funky. He would Granby roll out of contacts and shit, right? Like, so like, he's not that guy anymore. And I think the damage he took to, to Justin Gaethje has slowed him down a step. With that said, though he's lost three in a row, who has he lost to? He's lost to Justin right. Gaethje former interim champion, Charles Oliveira, current champion, and Bilal Muhammad, who was on like a six-fight win streak, who's the killer himself. And even the Bilal Muhammad fight, he didn't really, outside of, of the submission, same thing with Charles Oliveira, outside of the submissions where Tony didn't tap, he didn't take damage. He really kind of just got out-wrestled in both of those fights. Only in the Justin Gaethje fight did he take significant damage. So at 37, he's clearly a step behind. So I do understand why all of a sudden people will be like, oh, he needs to retire. He's not the guy he used to be. No, he's not quite the guy he used to be. But instead of matching him up with one of these top five ranked killers, now it might be time to push back. You just put him a guy in the top 15, right? Mm-hmm. You don't give him, a, a, you know, Bilal Muhammad or Charles Oliveira. Give him a, a Kevin Lee or somebody like that, right? Give him a Vincent Luke, somebody who is towards the bottom half of the top ten. That's what they did with Tyron Woodley at welterweight, right? Mm-hmm. He, he fought three killers, and he lost all three fights. Kobe Covington, Usman, and Gilbert Burns. Then they gave him uh, Vincent Luke, who was, like, ranked number ten, and he got submitted. Then they let him go. So I think Tony deserves a step back in competition to really greatly assess what level he's at before he should be cut. He's done way too much for the company, and he's been a top guy for way too long. Maybe right now at this stage in his career, he can't beat, you know, the guys in the top five, but maybe he still right. could beat the guys six through ten, and I think he deserves that chance. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, we are, we're joined by the uh, former uh, heavyweight, uh, Arkansas heavyweight champion, uh, who's when he was fighting, his, his uh, fists were – faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. And this man is able to jump more small women with one single bound. It's the big dog, Benny Henderson. Hey, you guys. Okay. Okay, listen. I'm not the guy I used to be in bed, but my wife has not uh-huh. hurt me yet. So that's oh, a good okay. thing. Okay. But, uh, Hey, uh, what, what you got to say about Jake Paul? I got to know. What you about Jake Paul? Get this deal with Showtime. Get this Jake Coop. I think Bob is a big fan. 
Go to it, Bob. This guy is an everlasting gobstopper. I can't get away from him. He's like the worst case of herpes. He just keeps coming back in my life. <laughs> 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 there it is. There it is. Yeah. Can't get rid of him. Oh, it was a cure, but no. No cure. There's another one. There's Paul and Ryan Paul or whatever. I don't know where they are. <laughs> you know, it's, like a, it's like a booger on your finger. You can't flick off. You stay right. there. Or a and, tickler uh, up in your nose, you can't, it's just a whistler, can't get it out, you know. I, I hate, and I hate boogers, so I hate boogers, by the way. And, uh, I'm going to say this right now, we all need a petition for me to fight Jake Paul. I'm a fat guy, I'm out of shape, okay. but I'm undefeated. I want to fight Jake Paul. I want that kind of money, and I'll take us all out the next night when I beat his ass. So, yeah, you got yeah, my vote. Yeah. And if he knocks me out, out, who cares? I'm still getting money. That's what Ben Aspen said. Right. But hey, listen, I'm not going to stay very long. All I want to tell you guys, June 18th, on a Friday, check out Fighting Words Radio Network. I'm returning to do a show in memory of Bob Carroll for his, you know, he's been for 10 years. For 10 years. We're doing a show. It's about an hour long. Unless I get drunk, we might do it two hours. And um, and Bob, Bob would always tell me, "Hey, you're getting too drunk." But hey, the show kept going on. So June 18th on a Friday here on Fighting Words Radio Network, I'm coming back to do a show for Bob Carroll. It's going to it's going to be six o'clock my time, which is six or seven times seven o'clock. What uh, hell, I'm uh, Eastern, I guess. So yes. yep. And uh, we're going to be talking about Bob Carroll and just play some songs for him and talk about him because he's the reason why we're doing this, y'all are doing this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Great guy, a great brother, a great man. As of right now, it's going to be myself, David Devine Brooks, and Brad Slitt, and um, another guy, I forgot his name, Lord have mercy, he used to work for me, paid me, and I paid me good enough, so I quit. But uh, David... Yeah, uh, Lord, he wrote, uh, Bob and I wrote for this guy, convicted artist. There was someone to talk about, talk about Bob, what he meant to us and what he meant to the world. And everybody is encouraged to call in, you know, the number. Yep. Thank you for telling us. Thank you. We'll let everybody know, Benny. We're going to put it on our Facebook. Yeah. He's the reason now to get on. He's the reason. And right now, right now, he would hate Jake Paul like everybody else. And, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, before, before I go, I got to tell you this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share share stories about Bob. But when I, Bob and I became friends, Butch was part of it because uh, I was working for Brian Mento. You know, I don't even Brian Mento, a former um, fighter. A good fighter, yeah, great, good, good, good fighter, tough guy. Mm-hmm. I was doing this. Uh, I, was, I was a PR guy. I wasn't very good, by the way. <laughs> Bob got a hold of me. He goes, "Hey, man, we're going to interview this guy." I'm like, "Cool, I set you up." I never set it up. Bob did it himself because you know I'm not that good. So <laughs> Bob, and I got, Bob and I got together, and he said, "Hey, man, come on my show. Come on the show." I became part of the show. It was just so great. 
and we had a great time. And uh, but I, I, I never forget this. Never forget this. We were drunk in in uh, Nevada or wherever we were in uh, Hollywood. I'm sorry, Hollywood. Doing the show um, for uh, we were doing a show, and Bob went in a little bit early in that gig, and I sat down and got drunk because I'm I'm a, you know I'm professional, and I came in and Bob basically answered the door in his underwear, and there was, there was chili and cheese everywhere. <laughs> like what the hell happened? So apparently we dropped we dropped off Bob, and Bob went next door and bought more beer. And got drunk and got in some chili. You know, hey, the go-to food is chili cheese. You know what I'm saying? Chili cheese and nachos. Right. It's like, he, it's like he just slung it all around the room. And the next morning I woke up, and I was like, hey, man, got he was outside drinking coffee um, on the balcony um, reading a magazine. And I said, hey, man, got you getting on the chili cheese, you know, chili cheese nachos, and I kind of ate them. So it's kind of uncool. Mm-hmm. But he would not, for the longest, he, he would not ask me about, because um, remember, we did boxing. We just talked about boxing. Mm-hmm. Bob would not say anything about football because he knew that we were few rivals. And come to find out, you know, I'm a Dallas fan. Sorry, guys. He's he a Philadelphia fan. Mm-hmm. So this is what this dude did. I'm in my hotel room waiting for Bob. Bob's flight was delayed over BS. The next morning, here's knocked at the door, and Bob showed up. Opened the door, he's sitting with a big smile on his face with a Billy's jersey on. So, <laughs> that was our friendship. That was our friendship. <laughs> but like I said, June 18th on Friday, like I said, June 18th on a Friday, 6 p.m. my time, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to do a show for him. All you guys are invited, and uh, and uh, let's go show you how to run the board again. So. Yeah. I'll run the board for you. Okay. Thank you, because I will be drinking. Um, yeah, it's my favorite. That's why I'll run the board. Yes, yeah. you're right. Just so everybody Please. knows, Benny's talking about a program that uh, they went out. They were invited to go to Los uh, to Los Angeles to do a program at John Levitt's uh, a club uh, to raise money for a, a charity. And uh, the two of them did one hell of a job, bang-up job. Um, awesome. You know, Bob, Bob had a... Uh, had a thing about flying. He hated flying. He hated to oh. be, uh, be to stand up and have to talk in front of people. But you would never know. Oh. They pulled this thing off. The two of them pulled this thing off like uh, a couple of professionals. And um, <laughs> they, they, I, I, pre- they, I appreciate that. I appreciate. Do, do you know why we pulled it off so well? Because we're sitting before the show started. And we went to order alcohol, and they said, "Oh, the alcohol is free because you're part of the show." So, 17, <laughs> 17 shots later, um, yeah, we, we just kept doubling up on Crown. And Bob was like, really, Bob was so great, man. And I'll never uh, forget, when I did my deal, I came off stage, I couldn't breathe because I have a, I have anxiety, you know. And Bob's like, get this minute beer. <laughs> he was like, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we had a lot of drinks. And Bob come back, he goes, Holy crap, it's free. I'm like, really? And it, it came to the point where Bob goes, hey, Benny, it's your turn because they think I'm a drunk. And <laughs> I go, he gave us free shots, and Bob was such a great dude. And 
Steven Redondo is the guy I was thinking about. He's the one who did that. And he's coming on the show as well. As for right now, he's coming on the show. And it, Brad Slitt and um, um, David Devine Brooks, they were actually in a band called uh, Priscilla. And um, they they were a big part of Bob, too. Um, and uh, it, it, we're doing it for Bob. You know, 10 years, it's, mm-hmm. it seems like yesterday. And yep. he was such a great person, such a great brother, such a great man. We love him. So, Butch is going to run the board. I'll be drinking. Yes, sir. Well, I'll be talking to Bob June 18th, 6 p.m. Uh, Central Center Time, 7 um, Eastern Center Time. So, y'all, you guys are invited to come on. Thank talk. you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Just take well, care of Jake Paul for us, please. We love you guys. I'm going to get off here and watch more Jake Paul videos. And, uh, <laughs> from my side. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, hey, Benny. Thanks a million. All right, thank you. Well, guys, we're right at the end of our uh, our time limit here. Uh, I appreciate everybody uh, staying a couple extra minutes for uh, for Benny. He, this uh, this tribute uh, means a lot to Benny, and it means a, little, a whole lot to our family. Uh, you know, just like you guys, Benny is uh, is an additional part of our family, an extended part of our family. Uh, and uh, for him to come forward and do this is uh, um, tremendous because uh, that's actually the day that uh, we lost Bob uh, ten years ago, uh, the 19th. But um, and you know, actually, um, last last Saturday uh, would have been uh, would, we started our 17th year uh, on this program. Wow. It's, it's because of guys like you that have helped me get this thing going and keep it going when the when I lost my best friend and uh, partner. But uh, I appreciate everything you guys do each and every night, each and every week. Uh, Tony, you want to lead us out? Uh, breaking up Tony? on you, Frank. Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah, go ahead now. We can hear you. I can lead us out. Yeah, I'm losing here. Tony, you've been losing it for years. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and lead us out. Yeah, I'm in the stick the North Fort. My apologies. I'll let somebody else lead you out tonight. <laughs> okay. Ty? I'm sorry, you said me? Yeah. Hey, it was a great show as usual. It was great being back on uh, with you guys. I should be here for the next few weeks. I, I I don't think I have any traveling to do. Um, Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Mel is watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. All one of you guys and everyone listening, have a safe and blessed week. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you guys. Yeah, God bless uh, our family and friends out there, our listeners. Um, Have a great week. Always a pleasure. Again, I apologize for being on the road, but uh, still not home. You know, it's a 20-minute drive in the other time. (laughs) Yeah, we're, we're we're getting closer. So uh, hopefully okay. we put out the fires. You guys have a great week. Okay. Well, I want to thank everybody. And uh, I also want to let everybody know that there was a very successful uh, trip to North Carolina for a, uh, a film director and uh, his crew, uh, as I understand. Uh, and at some point in time, uh, we'll get uh, Ty to uh, go ahead and tell us uh, all about his trip and uh, his new film. And... Uh, uh, hopefully it'll be going into the can soon and out to uh, distribution. 
Um, ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women of Police and Fire Services, the men and women on the front line of COVID, uh, the doctors, the nurses, and those in the supermarkets that have been so faithful to everybody. Um, these programs are dedicated to those who've lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffrey Coldcat, uh, Patrolman David Curtis, Sergeant Thomas Bager, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Henler, Lieutenant Mike Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman and Officer Christman, Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogle, Longbow Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, <clears throat> Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Mike Godwin, uh, Wilson, I'm sorry, Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Robert Jermaine, Windermere, Florida Police Department, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Kotloff, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Lieutenant Deborah Clayton, Orlando Police Department, um, Sergeant Rodney Bond, Dollar State Police, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Ardeth Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, FDLA Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio, Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Boward, Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Clay Zerber, Clay County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Natalie Corona, Hillary County Sheriff's Department, Pasco County Deputy Sheriff April Rodriguez, uh, Officer Bob McKetchen, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Sergeant Brian Levine, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, and Deputy Mike Malik, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. We also want to send out our congratulations to a, a beautiful young lady um, whose father, uh, unfortunately, was taken away at a very young age. Um, the uh, Kristen uh, uh, Condit graduated from uh, high school this week, and I want to want to say a very special thanks to the Tarpon Springs Police Department because every single man on duty and off duty showed up to to get to give her uh, once the chief walked her down the uh, down the aisle, and uh, all the guys stood out and uh, made a a big thing out of it. So I appreciate that, guys. Shemarek ma'ilama, shemahezahilma, suna shenevorat fed, hakuigaget ma'ilama. Grief and pain are all I know. My heart is 